today on the Root Cause Medicine Podcast. My patients bring in all their supplements. I want to know what you're taking and I want to educate you. And there's no judgment because again, I get it. It's a hard thing to try to choose the right products, but I'll end up just reading labels to them, not necessarily even the nutrition facts, but those ingredients. And as I get through the fifth dye, they're like, why are dyes in there? Well, they, they want to make them look pretty, but I don't care. Well, I realize you don't care, but this is what they're doing. So it becomes so important to sort of start reading those things. It's like food. And so there are better ways and better products to be searching for. Hello, hello. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Jones. And today I'm talking with Dr. Jeff Glad, founder of GladMD Integrative Medicine and chief medical officer of the amazing supplement distributor, Fullscript. Because of this, I couldn't think of a better person to bring on the show to ask all your burning supplement questions. I even ask them about fish oils, curcumin, vitamin D, and more. Before we get started though, I wanna to talk to you about something that comes up pretty often on this podcast. And that of course is lab testing. You see, testing is one essential way to understand the root cause of an illness. If you are an integrative or functional medicine practitioner, chances are you're placing a ton of orders with a ton of different labs. The Root Cause Medicine podcast is created by Rupa Health. Rupa is the best way to order, manage, and track results from over 30 different labs in one single place for free. Thank goodness. No need to create and log into multiple portals ever again. If you are a practitioner, make sure you go sign up at rupahealth.com to create a free account today. Now, Let's start the show. Dr. Jeff Glad, welcome to the Root Cause Medicine Podcast. How are you? I'm great, Carrie. How are you? Thanks for having me. I am thrilled to have you on because I get so many questions around supplements and are all supplements created equal? How do you read a label? Is vitamin D, vitamin D, is vitamin D? And I thought, well, who else would be no more than anything on this, but you given your background and your position with Fullscript. So we're going to really tear apart those questions so that everybody listening, whether they're a patient, consumer, practitioner, it doesn't matter. Everybody needs to have this information, I feel, in the world nowadays, where it's the wild, wild west in some regards when it comes to supplements. No, agreed, right? And as a practitioner, I mean, I, I still have an active practice. It is a necessary conversation that I won't just send you out into a store or even a health food store to go look for supplements because I should view these and we should all be viewing these as if they are pharmaceuticals that are serving a role for your health or your health condition. And so quality, standardization, all the topics we're going to talk about today matter incredibly. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Well, before we get started, just for those who don't know who you are, give us a little introduction, where you practice, what you stand for, and honestly, how did you get into full script and all things supplements? Yeah, so I'll start back in the beginning. So I'm trained as a family medicine doc. And when I graduated, I went through medical school and residency very conventionally. And so didn't have any respect or knowledge of supplements. Went out, had a solo practice in a small town in Indiana where, where I still live. And did the small town country doctor, 40 patients a day, delivered babies, was doing GI procedures, and had my own personal health transformation and awakening. So when my second child was born of three, I just decided to lose weight and didn't know what that meant, except like I needed to cut down my intake, right? And wasn't sure what whole foods were and quality diet. But through the journey of 
just eating more whole foods and less of them, lost 50 pounds. But more importantly, like the clarity and just like feel, feel good that I had was able to wean myself off of prescription medication for panic attacks that I was taking out of the drug sample closet since residency. And I couldn't look back. So at that point, like I needed to learn nutrition and kind of took my own journey there, which led me to the University of Arizona and Dr. Weil's fellowship, where I was like, oh my gosh, this is an entire philosophy of healthcare. And uh, joined the fellowship, trained there, could not keep writing prescriptions for patients, right? So then ask patients, rather than raise your dose of insulin and add two more blood pressure medicines, like, what'd you eat this morning? And how are your relationships? And how are you sleeping? So that was my desire, was personal transformation, now clinical transformation. Started an integrative program with the hospital system in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Did that for a year and a half and then decided... They decided that I needed to see three times as many people to make the numbers work. And so I then spun off and started my own practice and just got this taste for being an entrepreneur and growing this industry and started, built and launched Mitavin.com, which is a medication-induced nutrient depletion calculator. So for those listeners that aren't aware, the medications we're prescribing and very often taking actively deplete certain key vitamins and minerals. And most doctors don't know this. Most patients don't realize this. And this tool was allowed me to show my patients many of the symptoms you came in with are actually the depletions caused by the medications you're on. So let's start appropriate supplementation and then let's work on the lifestyle to de-prescribe the medications that got you there. And so I've now run this independent practice for over 12 years. My wife's one of our nurse practitioners. And Mitovin is what caught the attention of Kyle, who's the co-founder and CEO of Fullscript, and reached out to me, taught me about Fullscript. We became really good friends and colleagues to some degree. In 2019, I joined Fullscript as chief medical officer because I really love my practice, love my patients, love my community, but I want to see that spread everywhere. And I thought Fullscript was the right partner to help me do that. They have a passion for our motto now is let's make integrative medicine simply medicine. Right. So our platform is there to allow practitioners to prescribe, dispense, and manage healthcare's best supplements. And along with that, the lifestyle content that's so critical for really that's the foundation, right? It's a supplement, not a substitute for what needs to happen. So yeah, that's my story. That's where I'm at now. I'm, I'm full-time as the chief medical officer since last year, but still maintain a little bit of clinical practice so I can still be on the front lines taking care of patients. I love that. I don't think I knew their whole story in that much detail, so I'm super glad that you shared it. And completely forgot that you're the one who started Mitovin because I absolutely, I mean, I had that bookmarked for a long while. In fact, learned so much from it, even myself as a naturopathic doctor who did get taught a lot of this nutrient depletion. And I've had, I've talked, you know, with pharmacists before, but I think it's just really shocking to both conventional medicine practitioners and patients alike, that simple thing, metformin, for example, the birth control pill really depletes a lot of nutrients. I mean, when I looked up, what does the average birth control pill deplete in your body? It was essentially a multivitamin. I mean, it was just like minerals, all the Bs, magnesium, like everything. And so now I, and I know some more integrated pharmacists are now really working to try to combine that data. If you prescribe a birth control pill in the pharmacy, they will, you'll get a form that says, hey, it's really depleting. 
these things, talk to your doctor about repleting them. Same for metformin. A lot of people are on that, as you know. It's really the definition of integrative medicine, right? There's value and benefit and necessity for pharmaceuticals. Yeah. But if we can help a patient protect against the side effects, now you get the benefit of the pharmaceutical if it's needed, but protect against those side effects. I mean, to your point, like the birth control pills, I mean, how many patients who have been on a birth control pill for a few years are coming in with depressed mood and migraine? Yeah. Well, is that a chronic disease or is it the depletion of the B vitamins that you mentioned? Yeah. Like, can we get ahead of that? But also now can we just manage it by not adding more pharmacy or pharmaceuticals, but now let's bring in the appropriate supplementation to match the need. You know, the next question now is like, that's me. I'm on a birth control pill. So are all vitamins created the same? Can I just walk into any store? Can I do go into a big box store? Can I order from the online giant? Should I go to a natural type store? Or does it matter when it comes to supplements? And that's what we're really going to pick apart today because I think you and I both have strong opinions on this. <laughs> so let's get started. Yes. <laughs> What should people look for? Are all vitamins, nutrients, minerals, herbs created the same? Yeah, I mean, I think clearly the answer is absolutely not. And not only, and I'm, I, you know, as we talked before the show, like I'm going to lean on you for some knowledge here too. I mean, your training is much more in depth than mine in a lot of these areas. But so not only is the product and the supplement different by brand, but the source where you purchase it is also different. Right. I mean, there's a major online retailer that's selling supplements. And I know specifically from speaking to one of the supplement companies that we have in our catalog that's very high quality, committed to healthcare professional only supplementation. They monitor that site and they purchase their products because they're not supposed to be on there. And just a couple months ago, they bought a bottle of magnesium because this is what they do kind of to make sure that they're keeping it out of the hands of just everyone. And when they got the bottle to the office, there was no lot number, there was no expiration date, their QR code was not on there. They sent it for testing, no magnesium in that capsule. No, that's real bad. And again, that's an extreme example, yeah, right? Yeah. Like there's a lot more examples of expired product, which again, when you talk to particularly about probiotics, these are live organisms. You buy an expired product, you're not gonna get the benefit that you expect to take. But that's a really, really scary one. And this other studies have been done testing the products that are coming out of some of these sellers. So we feel strongly, I as a practitioner feel strongly that you should source high quality supplements. That quality starts with the ingredient source, right? Where are these companies sourcing the ingredient and how are they testing it when it gets to their facility to prove that it's what it says it is, but also that there aren't other pesticides, chemicals, bacterial contamination, metals, and then they go about putting that in capsules and then you're testing it after, usually with a third party, right? So it's a very involved process to make sure that you're getting a quality product. That's where it starts, right? Now, Fullscript, we're committed to a catalog that makes sure all everything in there is going through those processes. And certainly we'll get into some specifics and talk about form which matters as well. Now, is Fullscript the only place to source that? It's not. Some of these suppliers and some of these companies that are direct to consumer are also very, very good. It just takes a lot of effort for patients and practitioners to do that legwork to figure out if that's the case or not. But it's available, right? These companies should be putting out there online, here's our process, here's our testing, here's our certifications, right? Because we've got a whole bunch of third-party certifications helping us as practitioners and patients to say, 
hey, we're going to make sure that what's on the label is in the bottle. But that's a big step. That's a huge step. So eons ago, when I was in school, supplement companies would hire students to essentially be school reps, right? So I was a school rep for a supplement company that I know, like, and respect. And I, as a result, because I was in the like marketing, quote unquote, I would get the emails. I was in the company email chain of when they would test when an ingredient came in. So in this case, in this example, it was an herb. I believe it was echinacea. And they would test it in-house. They would third party after the fact. But when it came in-house, they would get a pallet of herb. And the, the piece of paper would say it's echinacea. And then they would test it in-house. And I think it was lavender. Like it was just like that either it had the wrong piece of paper on it or they didn't even bother to test. And some person was like, yeah, that looks like lavender, <laughs> even though it was echinacea. Like, sure, that's good enough. And so they sent it, they were like sending it back, refused. And I thought how many companies, well, we know, you and I know, a lot of companies we like and trust do that. But unfortunately, I think some of these fly-by-night companies, these pop-up companies, these cheap companies, especially when somebody says, and I understand budget is so important, especially lately, but you really, truly do, in a lot of cases, get what you pay for. Because if you're like, oh, I can buy it online at this big site or this big box store and it's only $10 for 400 I can afford that. I'm like, but I don't know what you're getting, unfortunately. Yeah. And never more concerning than now, right? Everyone's aware there's a major supply chain crisis and supplements and herbs is no exception. Matter of fact, it, it may be a greater problem in that industry. And so you've got to be committed to working with companies who are on our side as practitioners and patients, right? Because, and if you talk to these companies, they throw a lot of stuff out. Like you said, they send stuff back. They're throwing finished product out because it doesn't meet the specifications. Those are the kind of companies you want to be working with, quite frankly, if you're trying to support your health. Yeah. So let's take that one step further. You're listening to this. You're like, okay, what do, can I find this information online? Like if I Google search this company, do they put their analyses online? Can I call them? Like, what would you have somebody, let's say they're not with a practitioner or maybe they are with a practitioner and the practitioner's like, in my example of echinacea, like it doesn't matter, echinacea, just go to the store and find echinacea. And it's like, eh, what do you look, what do you advise your people to do? <laughs> yeah, <Right>. well, again, <laughs> when they're my patients, like, trust me. Yes, yes. I'm doing this work, right? But again, you're talking about un that, that don't have a practitioner, haven't been able to find them, unfortunately, maybe can't afford a practitioner who specializes in this. So I would go search the web and look on the websites of the companies and do the diligence yourself, right? If they're proud of what they're doing, and certainly if they're investing that level of concern in high quality products, they're going to put that stuff on their site. Yeah. The other thing that, and that's just the quality side, Carrie, right? We didn't even talk about like the standardized form oh, yeah. of the herb <laughs> yes. at the dose that's in the research. And that should also be on there, right? Is the echinacea you're putting in there at the dose and standardized form that the research says will support my immune system, will decrease the length of a viral illness? That's a whole nother level that needs to be looked at as well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I know at this point, some people's heads are spinning because they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think this far. But hopefully you have thought this far with a medication you've been prescribed or we know that when you go buy ibuprofen or acetaminophen over the counter, like hopefully you trusting that the company or that ibuprofen, whether you buy brand name or not, is actually testing to make sure there's 200 milligrams of ibuprofen in. And we're just on the opposite side of the spectrum. We're going, we really hope 
when you buy 200 milligrams of magnesium citrate, that's what's in there. So it's the same idea, just opposite ends of the same spectrum. I agree. And I think that from the pharmaceutical perspective, even over the counters, I think that the level of regulation and scrutiny is higher, right? Like you said, the supplement industry is a bit more wild west. That's where you almost have to be a little bit more diligent about doing some of that back work to make sure you're getting a quality product. For sure. Now, I want to talk about labels. So when somebody is looking at a label, in fact, I was talking to somebody the other day who had, they were like, oh, I got this amazing immune complex. You know, they bought it at a store and they said, look at all the herbs and everything, immune support, and I only have to take one capsule. And I thought to get that list of 30 things in one capsule, you're getting like a grain of salt of each. Like, think about it. You know, therapeutically, you can't get 30 things into a capsule, but people don't realize this. No, and that's it, right? So it would be better for your, if this is an immune supporting supplement, it's better for you to choose a single ingredient at the standardized dose that the evidence supports than to your point, 30 ingredients of a sprinkle of each. Yeah. (laughs) Because again, the effectiveness is absolutely unproven. And again, if you're going to invest in supplements for your health, why not choose things that have some data behind it, right? And I know you and I are extremely passionate about the evidence base for this integrative medicine movement. This cannot any longer be the Wild West. Yeah. If we want to play in healthcare systems, we want to be in the hands of every practitioner thinking about integrative medicine. Like we've got to think of ourselves as like the level of quality of a pharmaceutical and the effectiveness that the research supports. Yeah, absolutely. What are your thoughts on tablets versus capsules? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I have a personal preference where I I just feel like (laughs) capsules, I like capsules better. I feel like the absorption is more reliable. I haven't done the deep dive in the science for that. I'd love your opinion on that too. But I also find that as I look through all of the other ingredients that are in there besides the active forms, I find a little bit more on the tablet side than I do on the capsule side. For me, who swallows eh, five to eight products a day, yeah, same. the capsules get slipperier, so they're easier to swallow. So again, from a compliance perspective, I, I have a tablet in there now and I'm kind of like, oh, it's sticking to my tongue. So It's more personal preference for me. I have patients who prefer tablets, but do you have an opinion? So my opinion is actually the same as yours. I definitely prefer capsules from an ease standpoint and the making of a tablet capsule. They just take apart the two ends, fill it, and then stick them back together again. And then you swallow it. So then that gelatin capsule, if it's usually like what, 90% or gelatin dissolves, hits your stomach acid, goes through intestines, dissolves and poof, you have access to what's inside. Whereas the tablet is hard pressed and some of them are coated, of course. And I definitely through the years would have patients and a quality counts. So I would have patients say, I bought this supplement. I took the tablet and the tablet came out the other end or half the tablet came out the other end. Or I put it, it was a trial. They're like, I threw it a little bit of lemon juice because which is acidic. Think like, and it took days to dissolve. I'm like, that's so I have a bias towards capsules because I know this. Now, having said that, I do know there are, I have heard there are some companies with tablets that do tablets well. They dissolve, they break apart quite well. They're absorbed quite well. They don't necessarily coat them with something to make them shiny and pretty looking. So they will dissolve. Yeah, I completely agree. There are definitely really high quality tablets out there, particularly ones that, that are quite unique and that you can't get in capsule form. I'll, I'll, a couple other caveats here. B12, I like as a sublingual, like you can't do that as a capsule. So the tablet dissolves and goes directly in the bloodstream because there's a certain percentage of the population that genetically can't absorb B12. 
and then another, a larger percent of the population who don't have the stomach acid to, to digest and absorb well. So I find that tablet works well. Let's talk about gummies, right? Oh, <laughs> gummies. I forgot. About- <laughs> Which are incredibly, incredibly popular. And I understand why, but dose is a big problem there. So I have patients who they prefer gummies, they're on gummies, they bring them in. And I just kind of walk through the, just the core facts here. Like if you were to get the doses you need of the vitamins you're trying to get in gummies, you're going to have to take 15 gummies. That comes at a cost. It's also about a third of your glucose intake for the day. Yeah. (laughs) Boy, they taste good though. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. Do you remember? Well, they're still out. So when I was in practice, because I was in a large integrative practice, we had MDs, nurse practitioners, PAs, and NDs. And at all times, we had an open bottle of the Nordic berries because they taste so yummy, (laughs) even though I knew it was really just a sugar hit more than anything. But people would get their mid-afternoon berry, gummy berry, and claim it as a vitamin. I was like, eh. Yeah. And just like tablets, I think the technology is getting better. I've seen some gummies that the dose is pretty solid. And again, like every, this is all individual, right? This care is individual. So if I have a patient who literally just can't swallow tablets or capsules, like getting something is better than getting nothing. So that's not to say all gummies are bad. It's definitely not to say all tablets are bad, just as we said. So it's just like the quality piece. Like it takes those extra steps of what am I taking? What are my goals? And is this product going to support those? Which actually that leads me to the next thing because a lot of the gummies, maybe uh, let's call them, I don't know, cheaper, less quality gummies are full with of food coloring, right? Red dye number five and things like that. And so filler ingredient food coloring, that's another thing to look at on the label as well. Cornstarch. If you're allergic to corn, watch out for cornstarch as a filler. Yeah, no, the excipient ingredients, right? There's a number of them. Carrageenan is a binder commonly put in supplements, is a known irritant to the digestive tract. So you may be taking a supplement to try to help calm your digestive tract that has carrageenan in it, which may actually be promoting what you're trying to kind of work against. So the dyes are a great one. So I have all of my, I'm sure you did too when you were in practice, my patients bring in all their supplements. I want to know what you're taking and I want to educate you. So, and and there's no judgment because again, I get it. It's a hard thing to try to choose the right products, but I'll end up just reading labels to them, not necessarily even the nutrition facts, but those ingredients. And as I get through the fifth dye, they're like, why are dyes in there? Well, they, they want to make them look pretty, but I don't care. Well, I realize you don't care, but this is what they're doing. So it becomes so important to sort of start reading those things. It's like food, right? If you're reading an ingredients list of food and you can't pronounce most of those things. Now supplements, they're going to be ones you can't pronounce, but there's also going to be things you're like soybean oil. Oh, I didn't think that was good for me. Well, it's ideally not. And so there are better ways and better products to be searching for. Yeah, which actually then... The front of the label and the back of the label, like the front of the label may be very basic, whereas in the back, here, let me give you an example because I'm not making much sense. The company that I used to work for, Dutch Test, would check melatonin. And a lot of times melatonin would come up high and the patient and the practitioner would go, Carrie, they're not on any melatonin, none. And they, I'd say, can you give me a list of all the supplements they're on? And sure enough, they were on like a sleepy time formula or a magnesium plus or a GABA pro or well, I'm just making names up. And then they would go, no, it's just magnesium. Look at the front of the label says. And then he would turn it over and I'd go, ah, but it also has three milligrams of melatonin. 
So it's misleading. You see the front of the label and you're going, no, no, it's just magnesium. So well, on the back, it has four other things in it as well. Just be aware. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why that nutrition facts label is so important, right? Not just for the other stuff that's in there, but also it should tell you the forms. I usually, my multivitamin screening test with patients and the things uh, I'm looking for just to evaluate the quality level is what's the form of vitamin E and what's the form of magnesium, right? That's my check. So vitamin E ideally should be mixed to copperols, right? Because vitamin E is a complex of vitamins. It's not just a single vitamin, but most of the inexpensive, poorer quality multivitamins are using D-L-alpha-tocopherol. The L is essentially the call out that this is a synthetic vitamin E. So that's number one. And flag number two is the form of magnesium, right? You mentioned magnesium citrate, awesome form, magnesium glycinate, also a popular form for us in, in terms of our recommendations. Most of these poorer quality supplements will use magnesium oxide right? Likely another potential digestive irritant for people. So that's my screening test. If you have mixed tocopherols as your vitamin E, you've got mag citrate or mag glycinate as your mag form, and I'm not familiar with this vitamin and there's no other dyes and you like it, I'm pretty happy with it, right? I'm going to do a little bit of that background check in terms of the quality checks we talked about. But for the most part, that's how I screen those. What about folate versus folic acid versus folinic yeah, that's another big one, right? I think for the majority of integrative practitioners who are probably measuring homocysteine levels or looking at MTHFR, and I'm sure you've covered that in some podcasts with the tests that Rupa offers. But I think for the majority of the population, it may not matter, but I think there's a significant percentage of patients who really should be getting that methyl tetrahydrofolate form. And I'm not aware of that being a detriment to anyone right? So typically then I'm looking at folic acid and saying it might as well be methyl tetrahydrofolate because that's the preferred form by the body to utilize for so many of those key reactions that it's driving. Yeah. And I think because of all the press, let's say in the last five to 10 years around MTHFR, a lot of companies of all levels are moving to that direction. You will see folate, methyl tetrahydrofolate, as opposed to folic acid in there. Yeah, that's right. For sure. All right. So what I want to do actually is touch on some of the top, or I'd say most common supplements and what you look for, what you advise patients on. Like, the, So the first one I actually want to start on is fish oil because it made me think of a story in our conversation. I had a patient who brought in her big box fish oil to show me what she had and we cut it open. I just squeezed it so that the gelatin capsule would break and it was rancid. So imagine our little treatment room and I had just broken open a rancid fish oil. You can imagine what that smelled like. Right. And she said, oh my gosh, are all of them like this? I said, yeah, we're gonna throw this whole bottle out. Not, we're gonna, in fact, I'm gonna throw it out in the main trash, not in the trash in this room. We need to get rid of this. And people don't realize that with fish oil, any oil for that matter. Yeah, any oil, but particularly fish oil, right? And that's obviously a really important one. I think what's the source of fish? right? And are they testing for the PCBs and the mercury and all the other potential toxicity of mass production of supplementation and mass production of fish, quite frankly? So that is where quality has to happen. Because again, now you're talking about, first of all, why are most people looking for fish oil? They want omega-3 fatty acids increased in their daily intake. Well, those are anti-inflammatory, right? They're great for cardiovascular health. They're great for brain health, but they're anti-inflammatory. Now, all of a sudden, you're swallowing a rancid oil, which is likely inflammatory. So again, you've now reversed the goal 
and potentially create a bit of a problem. So I think quality is of utmost importance. I find the biggest discussion around fish oil is dose, right? So, and that's the first place I go in that nutrition facts and everybody listening who has a fish oil bottle, go grab it and let's walk through it, right? Because- Hit pause. Yes. (laughs) Go get it. (laughs) Just like Carrie said, the front of the label is going to tell you a milligram amount of omega-3s. That's all of the omega-3s comprised in that capsule. The two you're most worried about and concerned about and trying to supplement are EPA and DHA. And as far as I'm concerned, the research only speaks to those two omega-3 fatty acids as being most important. And so for most patients, I'm suggesting and recommending they take at least a thousand milligrams of EPA plus DHA total, just those two in total on a daily basis. Now, often we have an inflammation marker we're trying to drive down. We have a mood concern we're trying to support. We have a cognitive health goal that we're trying to support. Now we're probably getting into more like 3000 milligrams of EPA and DHA. So now look at the back of your nutrition facts fish oil bottle. Key point number one, what's the serving size, right? Because it's almost always two or three capsules for a serving size. And then how much EPA and DHA are you getting in that serving size? And often you're going to find that it's about 100 milligrams, maybe 200 milligrams of EPA plus DHA total per capsule. So now you're talking about 10, maybe 30 capsules a day. So this really inexpensive fish oil that already has a quality concern, you now are going to burn through in nine days. (laughs) So, and that's the aha that you get with patients, just the education and the lack of education that's out there and understanding that. At the higher dosing, I'm usually trying to get patients to at least try some of the liquid fish oils that I find taste really nice. Most of them are citrus flavored and you don't really get a fish taste. And now you're talking about instead of swallowing nine capsules of poor quality stuff you have at home, there are certainly higher potency capsules that we're using at the health professional only lines where maybe it's three capsules. Those are still pretty big capsules. So swallowing a tablespoon of oil is much easier if you can tolerate it. I actually find most people go back to capsules, not because of the taste, but they just don't like swallowing oil. Yeah. It's a hard one. Yeah. It's just, it's different, right? So now, I mean, again, if you're an olive oil lover and you're used to kind of taking oil in, in its regular form, tends not be an issue, but this is also why variety is available to match up the patient's likes, dislikes, what they're interested in. Do they travel a lot? Because you're not going to travel with that bottle of fish oil. No, you're not. So capsules then become a necessity. Yeah. Actually, and I want to go back to the point of the EPA and DHA, because usually the next line is, quote, other fish oil. So everyone's looking at the back of their bottle right now going, EPA, check. DHA, check. Oh, I have 800 milligrams of other oils. Is that good? No, maybe. But what we're looking for is EPA and DHA. That's what Dr. Jeff is talking about. Yeah, that's exactly right. That needs to add up to 1,000. That would be the goal. If that's the goal number that you're going for. Yeah, absolutely. And just like my patient who I busted open the capsule for, you are more than welcome to bust open your own gel cap and smell it. Does it smell like fit? Like healthy fish, right? I mean, fish is not great. I mean, I'm not a fish lover, so I'm biased. I realize that. I will not impart my bias on everybody else, but I do know what, what a good fish smells like. And everyone knows what a bad fish smells like. Well, like I was just going to say, to your point, you will know if it's rancid. Yeah. There is never a question <laughs> as to whether that's rancid or not. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Vitamin D is another popular one, of course. It's 
really been talked about, especially of late in the last couple of years. And the big question is, and I get this often, is all vitamin D created equal? And then what does IU mean versus, because vitamin D is measured, quote, differently than maybe a milligram? And just some other common questions I get about vitamin D. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot to cover, which we will do, right? But it's important because vitamin D isn't really a vitamin, is it? Yeah, no. (laughs) It's a pro-hormone. So it's essentially a hormone in the body, which has multiple functions far and wide. It used to be its bone health. It's everything, right? It's metabolic health. It's hormone health. It's blood sugar regulation. It's fall risk, right? Absolutely immune support. And so it becomes really important. Now let's talk about dose first. For me, it's hard to choose a dose without knowing a vitamin D blood level, right? So, and ideally, if you're in the sun on a regular basis, this is the best way to get vitamin D because your body's going to do it for you. And so exposure to the sun, sensible exposure, right? We don't want to burn. We still want to be sensible from that perspective, but getting good sun exposure and allowing your body to manufacture vitamin D is the best way to get it. Now, most of us, particularly this time of year, are unable to do that. Either we can't spend time in the sun, or if we are, the sun is too far away from us to help manufacture vitamin D. I try to encourage my patients to check a summer level and a winter level at least two years in a row to try to get a feeling for what should that dose be? Because usually the dose is different seasonally. And to your point, the dose is measured in international units. And most of the suggested or the daily recommended intake is very, very low. I think it's in the hundreds, right? It's something like 400 or 800. I think so too, yeah. Rarely can I get a patient to have an optimal vitamin D blood level at that kind of dose. I'm comfortable blindly recommending to my patients who may not have a blood level 2,000 units a day, but often seeing more doses like 4,000, 5,000, and occasional 10,000 international units a day, I would never suggest anyone take that blindly. I have seen vitamin D toxicity where the blood level gets significantly high. They feel crummy. It's usually GI disturbance, but there's other significant problems with toxicity. So I would ask your doctor to get a 25-hydroxy vitamin D level, which is another key point. Most, some are still doing a 125-dihydroxy. I think the research points to that 25-hydroxy vitamin D level being key. I prefer to be somewhere in the 40 to 60 range as an optimal level, and I would dose appropriately there. Now, here's one where this is a fat-soluble vitamin, right? A, That was my next question. (laughs) A, D, E, and K are the fat-soluble vitamins. So swallowing a capsule of powdered vitamin D with water in the morning without any fat is probably not going to absorb and be a reliable way of elevating your blood level. This is why vitamin D is often done as drops, which I really like, particularly for being able to dose up and down based on season, based on illness. Do we dose up a little bit to support the immune system there? Again, travelers, plenty of soft gel options. so You don't have to carry that liquid bottle, but a soft gel really important and using an oil that you would consume as part of a healthy diet, right? Olive oil tends to be a popular one, MCT oil sometimes, but try to stay away from the soybean oil products, a little more on the inflammatory side there. But again, like, let's be real. Does that level of soybean oil create an inflammation if it's the only product they can source? It goes through that, but then let's upgrade your quality once you get through it. So a soft gel, I like taking it around mealtime because usually there's a little bit of fat in the meal just to optimize the absorption of the vitamin D. Perfect. Now I want to end on turmeric, curcumin, because of course that has become the new 
darling of a lot of supplement companies, of a lot of stores highlighting curcumin products, turmeric products. And so I want to get your thoughts on that. Are, is that all created equally? How is that absorbed? What do we look for? Yeah, so curcumin is a very potent anti-inflammatory, right? Turmeric is the root. And I always encourage patients to utilize turmeric in their cooking, buying a turmeric powder. It's the stuff that makes yellow mustard yellow. So it will stain your skin if you get around too much. And your counters. <laughs> if your counters are white. <laughs> That's right. And your counters. So be careful there. But I think most of us in practice, we're talking about curcumin because that's the active ingredient, right? That's the one that seemingly the studies support such a potent level of anti-inflammatory support, whether that's throughout the digestive tract for inflammatory bowel disease or whether that's systemic, right, for joint inflammation or just generalized inflammation. So I tend to focus on how much curcumin are you getting? And that's a good back of the label read, right? Are you just getting turmeric root, which is what's in your spice cabinet tucked into a capsule? Or are you getting standardized curcumin? And how much standardized curcumin are you getting? Because now it's a mound of turmeric, a more potent way of inflammation. And then take black pepper, right? Piperine is a component of black pepper that seems to facilitate better absorption of curcumin. So a lot of the curcumin products, are, you're going to see piperine in that product as well to help facilitate better absorption. I would generally advise going that direction. There are some products that have been tested to lower inflammation, the actual product that don't necessarily have piperine, but the way they're, whether it's a phospholipid or the way they've designed the curcumin, and if you can find something that's been used in research to prove its value, then I'm not convinced you have to have the piperine. But in general, I think that's a good rule to go by. Is that how you see it too? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. And I do, much like our talk way in the beginning, the echinacea lavender example, curcumin is another one where I say, look it up online, check the site, make sure it is what it is because it's generally usually that colorful. But if not, make sure that they've got some sort of analysis on it and can prove to you that is what it is. Because being a in the spice world, even though it's the part of it, that's an easy one to like swap out or get wrong or cut in something that's similar color, but not that, unfortunately, sadly. Yeah. And I think it winds up also being the same story you told about the herbs for immune system, right? You see a lot of joint health supplements and curcumin's in there. How much, right? Again, like it's going to be one of 20 different anti-inflammatory spices. I would rather, if your goal is inflammation, I would rather you optimize the curcumin intake and just take curcumin as a starting point. And then if we still see some need for anti-inflammatory support, add some other, say white willow, ginger, some of the other anti-inflammatory spices. I like to maximize the single ingredient first instead of a little bit of lots of stuff. Yeah. And it, for a lot of people, it's really helpful when it's single ingredient because it's something that they react. We know immediately what it is versus what of the eight ingredients in this new supplement is the issue? Yeah, that's a great point. If we just start one at a time, then we know moving forward, okay, you don't react to this. If we do a multiple ingredient thing, you're going to be okay. Yeah, that's a great point. For sure. And especially, you know, as patients, unfortunately, are sicker lately, as we know, they're more sensitive. And so they would hate to overload somebody's system. And then because they're more sensitive, they're going to react. So I love that you say start with the single. Yeah. 
Definitely. Absolutely. All right. When we talk about with supplements, when we've mentioned full script at the beginning, so I know people are going, what is full script? So let's finish out on that. What is full script, especially for those practitioners listening, maybe who are new into integrative medicine or functional medicine, really confused about supplements, where to start. It's full script is an amazing resource. So I want to finish on that. And then of course, where to find you. Absolutely. Yeah. So Fullscript is a platform for doctors and healthcare professionals to prescribe supplements to their patients. So, you know, I'll speak to the practitioners in the audience, but if you're a patient and you're working with a practitioner, maybe you could ask them to take a look at Fullscript because you want to be able to source your supplements from a high quality place. So we have built the ability to prescribe, dispense, and manage these high quality supplements that we talked about. And so as a platform, this is a free tool for doctors to use to then have access to this giant catalog of supplements to make these recommendations and not have to carry an in-clinic dispensary to monitor inventory, to throw away things that expired. But if you'd like to do that, you do have the ability on Fullscript as well to purchase supplements wholesale to put in clinic. Because I still like my patients going home with something on day one. And I think patients like that too. So I, I Fullscript allows the hybrid, what we call hybrid dispensing. So I can log into Fullscript, the products I'm recommending, the fish oil to get your 3000 milligrams of EPA plus DHA, your vitamin D at 4,000 international units. But then I can dispense that in the clinic and let Fullscript now help that patient manage their journey with automatic refill reminders, letting them know, hey, you're going to run out of your fish oil soon. Now you can source it directly through Fullscript. Practitioners can either use that to support their practice. Most of them are also are usually discounting the products a little bit so patients can get high quality at a lower cost than you're seeing from these online retailers. And everybody, you're supporting the practitioner's business and keeping their doors open, but you're letting the patients get high quality at a discounted level. And again, we're really passionate about that adherence of staying on top of the recommendations, right? How often does a patient, they come from out of town, they buy those three supplements to get started and they run out and now they're back to square one. I got to source this somewhere and I've now lost the quality. So Fullscript picks up where that gap was left and gives them the ability to stay on that high quality regimen. Also 150 articles of professionally written content about supplement quality, lifestyle, exercise, stool tracking, sleep tracking, all the handouts you would need as a practitioner to support your patients are all in the platform as well. So we're trying to be, continue to be integrative medicine's best tool for patient care and relationships. And I've been, like I said earlier, using Fullscript for a long while. It's definitely an industry king. It's an industry leader and it makes everybody's business and for everyone listening, you guys, Fullscript doesn't pay me. <laughs> like I'm saying this because I have years of experience personally using them. It's where I order my own supplements, get shipped to my door, and it just makes so much easier one-stop shopping. So if you are a practitioner listening or if you are a patient going, I honestly don't know where to look for high-quality supplements. This I'm going to talk to my practitioner about this. Do it because it'll just make your life easier. And you can trust the source, which is ultimately what we, you and I have been talking about this last hour. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll put the link in the show notes yep. so that practitioners can have access to that and go see and explore the platform. Patients can share that with their providers who may be interested in sourcing those high quality products. Absolutely. And then where can people find you? Where's the best place to learn more from Dr. Glad? Oh, geez. Well, <laughs> gladmd.com is my 
practice page, and that has a little bit of stuff. I am a better as a Twitter follow, glad at GladMD, or find me on LinkedIn. And again, always trying to kind of share what's new and what's exciting in the lifestyle world, in the supplement world, in the optimal health world. So much of my personal focus is longevity, right? Because I'm trying to work on myself. Those are the patients I'm working with now. That's the stuff I'm sharing and really sort of committed to that. How do we improve health span and just how we feel, feel great for as long as we can, as opposed to necessarily, I don't, listen, I don't want to be 120, but I wouldn't (laughs) mind being super healthy at 90 and lifting weights and hiking mountains. My family, three out of my four grandparents lived a long time. So it's genetically, my one grandfather lived to be 93. My other two grandparents lived late eighties. And so my husband's always like, you're so disciplined. I'm like, I don't have a choice. <laughs> I think I'm going to live a really long time and I would prefer to do it traveling and having a hella good time and very mobile and active. And that's, I'm all about lifespan because I can see it in my family. Yeah, perfect. So just keep your full script on auto ship <laughs> so that you just stay on the high quality regimen now for years and years. Absolutely. Absolutely. The glad recommendation. I love it. (laughs) Well, Jeff, thank you so much for being on the Root Cause Medicine podcast today. You've been a wealth of information. This is a really hot, controversial topic because it's very confusing. We don't get taught these things. People go into stores and are overwhelmed by the number of bottles. I think you just really helped open their eyes, gave them really good questions to ask, resources, and now they know about sourcing, which is amazing. So thank you so much for being on today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Kara. I've learned so much from you over the years. And again, your expertise and passion and knowledge is is also much appreciated. So thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I have one quick favor to ask before you go. If you love today's conversation, Would you mind leaving us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on right now? My whole goal is education. So positive reviews are actually the number one thing that help new people discover the show. You're amazing. I so appreciate it. And I'll catch you on the next episode.